is up, everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you here. As always, alive and in the flesh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. You can also check out my website, MikeVBauman.com, for past story links to stuff that I've written over the years, the likes of uh, Kill Switch and Corn, and they're not name-dropping, just saying if you like those bands, check out those articles. There's also a link to this podcast, which you may have gotten to from the website, bombersbreakdown.podbean.com. If you want to start your podcast, I highly recommend Podbean. They're a great service. They've got great prices, and they've been good to me over the years. You can also check out the YouTube channel. Just type in Bauman's Breakdown on YouTube for really uh, archived episodes. Really, I shouldn't say really old episodes because I started this thing a little over three years ago, but there's some really awesome past shows on there. Bands like Nonpoint, Wilson, my buddies in Tropic Bombs, whose bumper music you hear at the beginning of this podcast. And depending on if we get a song at the end of the podcast, those are really good guys. And they've got some uh, some really awesome, awesome music. So please go follow them on Facebook. Just type in Tropic Bombs and you will find them. And other than that, yeah, I, uh, I'm i happy to be back. I'm happy to be doing a new show. As I mentioned on the last episode with Like a Storm, whose tour, by the way, just started yesterday. Their first headlining tour in the United States. Go check out Like a Storm. Uh, that was a really, really fun show. I hope you guys go check them out on tour. If not, I hope you go check out their music. But that was a lot of fun recording that episode with Chris. And uh, this episode this week is is a familiar face from uh, from a guy that's that's done my show a lot over the years. Um, you know, it's funny because we've never met in person, but it's like the first time we talked, I felt like he was an old friend. You know, just just we 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 had a really good conversation. I felt the first time we talked back when he was. And God forbid, and we've continued to have good conversations over the years, and he's got a lot of really fun stuff going on right now. And that is Mr. Doc Coyle, formerly of God forbid, now of Vegas Nerve. They just launched their Kickstarter project within the last couple of weeks, and it's it's been doing pretty good. So far, they've got about half the funding raised. And before we get into all that, just to give you a little background, as I mentioned, Doc was in, God forbid, he left the band in 2013 has since moved out to the West Coast where he's gotten involved in numerous projects. Maytal Cohen is going to be going on tour. If you guys aren't familiar with Maytal Cohen, go check that out. He will be part of the touring where they will be direct support to Queensryche coming up here in the new year. So I will definitely put up those links for you guys as well. But Doc is a, is a really talented musician, really down-to-earth guy, really nice. Um, for those of you who listen to the show religiously, you you know the story. But I just reached out to him on my personal Twitter a couple of years ago. God forbid's an awesome band. It's actually the 10-year anniversary of Constitution of Treason, which I think came out 10 years ago, like September, October. It's an awesome album. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go check it out. God forbid, Constitution of Treason. And I had seen God forbid live back in the day when they were on the same tour as Death Punch and Shadows Fall back in 2010. I was a senior in college. Still had a baby face like I do now. I'm going to look like I'm 12 forever, maybe, which I guess as I get older might not be a bad thing. Anywho, but uh, just I, I've, I've been a big fan of his for a really long time. He's a very talented guy and, like I said, a very down-to-earth guy. And I just got a hold of him on Twitter and was like, hey, man, I loved Equilibrium. I would love to have you on the show. And he was super cool about it, and we've kept in touch since. Uh, you guys might not know him. For those of you who might not know him for his guitar playing, you probably know him for his writing over at VH1 where he does his blogs. .coil.net is his personal page where he's done a lot of writing over the years, obviously. Um, he did stuff for Metal Sucks back in the day. So Doc Doc has done a lot of writing over the years, uh, covering all different topics within the, the heavy music realm and beyond that even. Um, he does guitar instructing. He's just 
all around music nut and just a just a really good dude. So hopefully you check out his writing over at VH1 because he's got some some really he always covers really interesting topics and, and and just has a good voice in his writing too. I mean he's a well spoken guy, so it's not surprising at all. But but it was just awesome. I you know as you guys have heard on the show, you've heard him here on the show before, but also Ravi Orr who's the lead singer of Vegas Nerve. Ravi's been on the show for his solo project, Philotaxis. Uh, he just released the second album for that back in the summer, and, and I was fortunate enough to do a show with Ravi, who I met through Doc. So all positive all positive things, all good stuff, all good stuff. Was that Kevin Nealon's character and Grandma's, Mo- Grandma's Boy, who's just like the super like hippie zen guy. All good things, all good things. But um, but yeah, Doc's a really good guy. And as soon as I found out that the Vegas Nerve stuff was getting ready to launch, I wanted him to get back on the show um, and do a podcast to talk about it because he's he's spoken very passionately about this over the last several years. He started working on this stuff even while he was in God Forbid. And it was obviously predated before he knew it was going to be a Vegas nerve. But uh, it was really interesting to talk to him and kind of get into the meat of it as far as you know how the conception of the band came about, the sound that they have. Uh, the diversity of it, the the ambient nature of it, the atmospheric of it, nature of it, just how how big it sounds. The the first song that they came out with is "Do You Know Who I Am," which you guys will hear on this episode as well. So it's just a lot of really really cool stuff surrounding this project, and I'm really excited to see where it goes, and I can't wait to hear the rest of it. But um, it was cool in the midst of everything. I just moved literally a week ago, um, started my new job this week. So, um, you know, I'm definitely going to still be getting you guys episodes every week, um, but I'm probably going to be pulling some stuff out from the archives, you know, obviously starting a new position. I'm st- still trying to find my own place to live and everything. I've got a great support system down here and basically, a, uh, you know, I, ex- whether you want to say extended family or surrogate family, the people that I'm staying with are just in- incredibly really good human beings, really good human beings. And, and I love them and they're awesome. And, you know, so so getting a fresh start in a new city for me. Um, really um, has has been just it's just been a breath of f- fresh air, and um, you know although it's challenging to move away from where you're you know where you grew up your whole life like I did it's you know I'm in a beautiful city in Nashville so um, but anyway I hope you guys are all doing well and I hope you dig the show so without further ado I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Doc Coyle of Vegas Nerve here it is. <laughs> Dude, I uh, once once I saw that you guys got the Kickstarter started for uh, for Vegas Nerve and everything, I wanted to get in touch with you because uh, just just from everything that you and Ravi have talked about with it and uh, listening to, uh, do you know who I am? I mean, it's just there's a lot of positive positive buzz around it now. It's just it's just cool after you know having you on here a couple of times over the years to to finally finally hear some some music from it, man. Yeah, it, it was a that's the kind of thing with it. That's why I really was never pumping it up, you know, because there wasn't, to me, as far as I was concerned, unless there was a show to promote or music that people could hear that sounded what I thought was presentable, um, I didn't really see a purpose in really being super public with the band, you know? Um, And so all this stuff really has been, kind of the moment we are now in preparation for, you know, uh, over a year. You know, maybe a year, year, year and a half, you know, going back to when we actually recorded this stuff and then, you know, decide, you know, finishing the actual recording because after I left uh, New Jersey, we still had a bunch of stuff that needed to be finished and, uh, 
and kind of gotten together and then figure out what we're going to do with everything once all the actual recording was done. Um, so yeah, it was a long process. And then once we decided to actually do a, a crowdfund campaign, um, all the lead up to that took most of uh, this year. You know, it was a lot of, because the band had no infrastructure. You know, we had no, we didn't have a, uh, a logo. We didn't have pictures. We didn't have anything, you know? So when, when you're launching a crowdfund, you need to, people need to know what t-shirt they're ordering. They need to know what, um, what the, what the album's artwork is going to look like. There needs to be kind of something broader around just the band. And I think, you know, for people who are paying attention or care at all, I mean, when they see it, you know, just the rollout, it looks, you can tell that we put a lot of work in and it wasn't just, we just slapped it together, you know, in a couple of weeks and decided to do a Kickstarter, you know? Yeah, I think especially for Kickstarter too, like the whole thing behind it is, you know, people who, who donate and become part of the project, they, you know, they get cool rewards for it. Like I, I remember back in Toledo, there's a couple of my buddies uh, in a, in a, a cool band called Tropic Bombs and I use their music as like a, the bumper music for my show and everything. And they did that for, for their first full length album and their EP. Yeah. Um, and they came up, they spent a lot of time coming up with cool rewards and they like, they did a, uh, like this map of an Island. And then they put like different people's names as like different stations on the Island in the artwork and stuff. So, so yeah, especially, especially when you want people to be a part of it, you, you, you want to make sure that you have cool stuff to like roll out to them because, because people want to be part of the experience. And I, I think that's what's cool about music right now. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, he is legend, but, um, they just left their label and, uh, and are basically trying to crowdfund like their whole, their whole next album. And they, and they just like the idea of like the fans basically being the record label. So. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting time for that, but I think especially for new projects, stuff like Kickfart or Kickstarter and Indiegogo and all that stuff are, are really cool. How did you guys settle on uh, on Kickstarter as as the one as opposed to some of the other stuff that's out there? Um, we we had looked around and from what it seemed, Kickstarter a you actually get traffic from Kickstarter, the actual website, you know, whereas like the other ones don't. You're not really getting, it's the most well-known, you know, for, for example, like we became a staff pick for Kickstarter. So if you're looking at music, um, you're going to see our, our campaign. Um, <clears throat> um, and the other thing is the actually all or nothing platform, um, has been shown to actually raise more money. It creates more incentive, incentive for people to, to give, especially near the end of a campaign. <clears throat> um, so that, that was really it. We felt with the amount of money, money we were raising that it wasn't quite as risky, uh, going for the all or nothing, you know? Um, and then, you know, Matt Wicklin from God forbid just downloaded his band Ghost Ship Octavius. So it was, you know, he kind of gave me a lot of tips and, you know, some of the, uh, rules for the road. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so far it's like, it's doing okay. Like we're almost, we're 45, we're over 45%. Um, we're probably you know, like 46, 47 percent back right now. Um, so, and we're not at the halfway point yet, time-wise. Yeah. But as far as, as far as I'm sure that means we're kind of behind the ball. Um, but there's a lot of things I, I haven't even done yet that you know because it, unfortunately I'm the only one in the band, maybe outside of our singer, that really has like a following, you know, on on their own. So a lot of that. Uh, publicity the reaching out um you know really is coming from from my end of things so 
you know, the, the, a lot of the work is on is, is on me, you know. Yeah. So, you know, trying to trying to figure out ways to, you know, get the word out there without kind of bombarding people or feel like you're, you know, you're just overwhelming people with, you know, like you're spamming people. And I think that's like the art of it all. And I, I can't say I've actually figured it out, yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%, yeah. but it's something you're kind of, you're, you're learning in process. You kind of see, all right, we do this thing and this kind of works. We do this, this doesn't really work. You know, you kind of just, you know, it's, it's trial and error. Um, <clears throat> But, uh, but I think direct engagement is, is really the best thing. It's kind of like if someone will, I'll post something on the band, someone will leave comments, oh, it sounds really good. I'm like, I'm like, please support. But because I message them directly, yeah. they'll go and they'll, they'll, they'll support it right away. As opposed to like just putting out a post that's to the world, you know, it's not speaking to them personally, you know. So that's actually probably the next thing we do. I'm just, just going to reach out to people directly on my social media and say, hey, if you're a fan of what I do, you know. You know, this is you know. Don't you know? Next time you see me, that you know, you you want a, a picture, you know, let's say that picture don't pulse, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I'm just kidding. But um, but yeah, it is, it is kind of like that. It's like you know, you really support if you are a fan. Um, listen, if, if someone doesn't like it, if they were a fan of God forbid, and this this music is is much different, and they don't like it, don't support it. You know, it's not. I'm not. I don't want charity. You know, I want people who actually really are intrigued by the band. <clears throat> it's a lot of faith, you know. This is something like I said, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of people um, connected to didn't, they never even heard this band before two weeks ago. So it's a it's a pretty big leap to ask someone to give you something they've never even heard of. They only heard one song, you know. Um, so yeah, it is it is a pretty big leap of faith. So I know so that's that's what makes it a lot different than say like the Beatles Legends thing where they have a fan base, right? You know, and kind of. You know, so it is a much more arduous task when you don't have a built-in fan base already. And it's not nothing. It's been a while since I left. God forbid. There's, you know, I wonder if I would have done something like this, like right after I left the band. It might, it might have been a lot easier because people were a little bit more engaged. You know, so but now you have to like track people out of the woodwork. You know, and say, hey man, <laughs> I'm doing some stuff. Check it out. It is kind of a fine line too, like as far as a balance of like. um posting like when i was in online marketing i mean we would try to we would try to figure that out you know because because facebook you can do some crazy targeting man i mean you can target people by like age location you know all the basic stuff but then you can do you could actually type in like you know corn or hate breed or whatever you know like bands and target people on facebook you know i mean it'll show up as like a sponsored post but you can choose whether you want it to like land in their news feed or whatever um but MySpace, from what I understand from a lot of bands back in the day, was good because organically you could get, you could make a lot happen. Now, now on social media, there's so many people investing in these companies that you, you almost got to pay. Sometimes you almost got to pay a little bit for like sponsored stuff to try to get it out there a little bit, you know? Well, that's, well, that was the big difference with MySpace. You can reach all your people. Yeah. Much directly. Um, you know, with bulletins and stuff like that. Um, so this is a lot different, but I, I, I get it. Um, it's a different, um, it's just a different entity, you know, and I, I it's like Jamie Joseph brought up a really good point about it. He's like, if you didn't make people pay for, you know, promotional stuff, then your newsfeed would probably just be a fucking big spam parking lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's something I, I definitely understand, you know? So I, I, I get it, but it, I, I also get it from the, artist side of things or, or whatever you're it's like you have you know 
fifty thousand people that like your 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 band or like your you know whatever, and you want to reach out to them, it's like the fact that it's you know it is you know they don't have like oh the the Facebook mailing list you know um you know they don't necessarily have that you have to kind of wrangle those people and maybe maybe have them sign up to your own mailing list outside of that so it is, it is kind of having these people connected to you but then making it a little more difficult to, to reach them is is frustrating but listen you have to i think you have to invest in yourself if you really care about it you know especially like i was thinking about this like you know if i was going on tour you know when you're trying to do tour marketing you know so you see a lot of these bands they all instead of just buying an advertisement in the local newspaper they'll just do the targeted ads by city and say oh you know you know this band's coming through that you know and you'll see it in your feed and say oh okay such and such is playing it's like it's not like beating you in the face it's just kind of like a, a healthy reminder yeah you know, about some band that you like is, is coming through um so all that stuff i think it's just these are just new, new tools and I've, this is the first time i've really done sponsored posts you know yeah so it's interesting to kind of see what um you know what what works what doesn't um you know because sometimes you'll, you'll do something you'll spend ten dollars on something just to kind of almost just to test the water and see if it, if it gets anything back and a lot of it you know you don't get anything back so it's kind of like all right that, or maybe you get one and that you know maybe someone spends 50 bucks on a hoodie or something so it's like all right well i'll spend 10 you got 50 back you know but i'm i'm not really looking at it that way i'm, I'm more just i just want to get more eyes on it you know like so that's really the main thing. It's getting more people to. I feel like the, the broader reach we get, the more, you know, more clicks. Because the thing is, you have these different ways of promotion. You know, so we have like all, you know, the initial rollout, right? So then all these people, you know, are hearing about it. Oh, I never heard this. It's crazy. And then all of a sudden, it goes to all the metal websites, and you get, and you get all that traffic from people who, you know, maybe want to check it out. And then, but then when that dies down, then you, there's no other ulterior activities you have to figure out other ways you know of engaging people yeah speaking of jamie man didn't he he did he play do you know who i am on on the show didn't he didn't he mention on uh, the jamie josta show the podcast he did i mean like, like he played like right at the, like at the end of the uh the neil fallon episode so i don't I'll, hopefully people listen to the end you know i don't know how many people <laughs> did. um but the, the fact that he did anything is, is really amazing i mean you know you know uh having someone like that you know so, you know, have to give your support is pretty amazing. I'm such a, you know, a fan and friend. Like I'm actually writing some songs for his uh, solo solo record. So we've been we've been in touch with that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, I've written about you know him and stuff in you know his bands for you know my you know my my writing side of things and the VH1 side of things. So there's a lot of mutual respect and mutual kind of you know when you're involved with in this scene, you know, you're you're you know you're you know, I think you're around other people. You want to uplift each other. You know, and the fact that the the respect is is uh goes both ways is is really amazing. I really appreciate that. You know, anyone was anyone like Jesse Leach from Killswitch just put out a, a post on Instagram, and I didn't even reach out to him or anything. He did it all on his own. You know, um, and so like that is you know it's pretty it's pretty amazing. You know, and you just you know, and I don't, like to be honest, a lot of times people do like. You think like, oh, such and such says, check this out, and a thousand people will come by, but it, it doesn't really always work that way. But just, I think it, it's great for the perception of a particular project, and it's like, oh, like people who matter in the, in, in the music world are kind of giving it the, uh, you know, uh, 
give it their thumbs up and their backing. And it, it means a lot. These are people I've been friends with for years and years and years. So the fact that I'm doing something new, it's not that metal, um, kind of, you know, has some metallic elements, but um, yeah, any support I get is just unbelievable. So. Yeah, I think it's cool, man, because you guys came out of that whole East Coast scene. All you guys came out of that years and years ago. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, like, God forbid, what was like 96, 97, right around then when you guys were just, just first starting when you were really young and Hatebreed was like 94, 95. So I think that's what's cool about, about your situation with Vegas Nerve, too, is um, I think the community that you're in and that you've come up with. Um, as far as having a surge, especially right at the beginning um, of launching this, is is really cool. You know, I I still feel like it seems like heavy music um, is is pretty tight. I mean, there's obviously subgenres and subgenres and subgenres, but like, but all you guys are, are are kind of from that core in like the the mid late '90s. I mean, obviously there was you know stuff that was more hardcore strictly and stuff that became what's known as new metal, but. I think having that support system, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, if, if you were, you know, if you had come from, like, pop or, like, R&B or something completely different, if, if maybe it would be as, as impactful as, as it is now just because of the, the scene of people that you can kind of came out of and that you've known over the years from touring and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say, you know. Um, I think it's, like, funny. It's, like, I went to see Darkest Hour. They did a... I don't know if you're how familiar with the band, but they did like this album, Undoing Ruin, you know, like an album in its entirety. But it was like, you know, he's got Mike Terry, who used to sing for Bury Your Dead, and now he does like R&B and like pop music, you know, like as a solo artist. But it's like even even guys that you know were in this world when when they leave, they always cut like it never leaves them. Yeah, you know, um, that you know, so it's like as much as we get out, like I can. You know, or, or a good friend of mine, Megan Megan Wright, who's a uh, singer songwriter. Um, you know, she's a metalhead, but if you listen to her music, you would never know that. You know, she sounds. You know, she's doing like kind of alt country and kind of, you know, uh, just you know, really like you know, just singer songwriter stuff. You know, and uh, you know, she she's in Brooklyn going to every fucking grindcore show, and you know, <laughs> so despite what you make. You know, the community, you know, as a community, it's something that's always kind of there. You know, I, I've, I've noticed it sticks with us for a, a, a long time. Yeah, and, and musically, man, like when I when I first listened to the song, I mean, it's, it's pretty dynamic. There's a lot of different elements in there. And I think uh, what I liked about it is is you had like uh, you have like that heavy main riff and then the chorus is very... Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like more atmospheric, you know, during the chorus, yeah. like the picking and everything. Um, and, and the musicians that you're playing with, like, I mean, even beyond yourself and Robbie, it's like Mike and Aiden and Mo. Um, I mean, even just from watching the Kickstarter video, I mean, those guys are, are really talented guys, you know what I mean? And you can definitely hear it in the song, but I think that's, what's cool is, um, it is very different from God forbid. Um, I, I, I saw one and I always hate when people compare stuff cause I feel like it's just, but then again, that's, I guess in a way you, sometimes people want that cause they want to know if it sounds like somebody that they've listened to, but I, I can't remember what website it was. Maybe it was metal injection. Uh, and the dude said that he liked it, but he described it as like catatonia and seven dust or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not too familiar with catatonia. I love seven dust. It's like one of my favorite bands ever, but, uh, yeah. but I really dug it, man. 
Oh, thank you, man. I actually love that 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 uh, description that they, that they gave because it's uh, a you've never really heard, like catatonia is almost like in that um kind of gothic rock, almost like uh, a heavier like perfect circle meets like the lighter side of like Opeth. It yeah, that it's very very somber and um, they're they're an amazing band. Actually, one of my, probably probably one of my favorite bands. Um, and Seven Dust is one of my favorite bands. So it's the way I look at it, it's a it's a it's a big compliment. Um, the interesting thing about this about Do You Know Who I Am is if I had a choice, I probably wouldn't have released this song first. Um, so I don't know if it's actually the most representative of what the band is or what it's going to be. Yeah, but it, it but it, the reason well it was the test mix was it was the hardest song to mix. Okay. Most elements. Um, so that, so because it was already mixed, we're like, all right, this, this one. So I, because I think this song is very much from a structural standpoint is pretty, um, you know, it, it's formulaic. It's like, here's, you know, the big, got the big chorus and, you know, kind of the way it's structured. So some people perceive the band as being kind of being geared for radio or something like that, which really isn't the thought process behind the band, you know, so, so, but I think if people listen to it with a keen ear and at least listen to it multiple times, they'll kind of see that this is not the standard stuff you hear on the radio. You know, it's not really what we were looking to do, or that's not what the band is about. Even though it could be played on the radio, I'm not saying, you know, uh, it's not accessible enough or it's not catchy enough, because I, I do think it is. But um, that's certainly not the mentality behind the band, you know. How many how many songs are you guys gonna have on the on the EP that's gonna come out? It's four songs and an intro, but the songs are, you know, four to like five and a half minutes. So it's it's like it's about twenty minutes of music, you know. Um, so I, you know, in hindsight, I kind of wish we would have just done a full length because looking at the um, manufacturing costs, you know, you spend the same amount of money to make to make an EP to get it, you know, to get it uh, manufactured as you do an LP, but you can't charge as much for an EP. So our, you know, the uh, the profit margin is a lot smaller. So like a lot of like, if someone just buys a CD, we're actually taking like a big hit on it because we don't want to charge, you know, $12, $15, because we're not, you know, more than likely we're not going to print like, you know, we might not even print more than a hundred or two hundred, you know, just for the just for the Kickstarter. So when you're in that range, you know, you're spending like three dollars a CD. Yeah. You know? So they're pretty expensive. Plus you throw shipping in there, you know. Um, so, you know, but uh, yeah, we have the four songs. That's actually we have like three or four more that are in you know in the process of, of being written. But you know, every, all the kind of energy went into working on this so kind of once this is wrapped up you know we'll we'll probably get to finishing up these songs after after the fact especially we were approached by a booking agent like right as you know maybe like earlier this week you know about maybe doing some shows so maybe that's something that might happen if we if we're going to be playing some shows we need more songs <laughs> yeah before. now i know you and i have talked about it on this before and uh shout out to the shirt by the way i mean you guys won't be able to hear this because we're, we're doing audio only but doc's got an i empire shirt on and uh i love the stuff that they did um but uh for for people to get a an idea of the timeline i know you you and ravi initially started working on stuff was it back in 2011 and that's yeah. how you kind of started to meet aiden and some of the other guys 
Yeah, well, Aiden came on a lot later. Basically, 2011, I was working with another project, which did not work out. Um, and all, and a, lot, a lot of the, pretty much most of the material on this EP was stuff that was pretty much left, left over from this other project. Um, and right as soon as I, I was in Florida, and I was done working with um, this other thing, and then a friend of mine from uh, Pennsylvania hit me up. I was like, hey, man, I found this singer on YouTube, and I, you know, I got in touch with him. And, you know, we're thinking about doing a cover band. He's like, would you be interested in, uh, in jamming with us? And I'm like, I checked out the stuff, and like, you know, it's just his his YouTube covers of like, you know, uh, Deftones and Pink Floyd and Radiohead and stuff. And I'm just like, this dude has the craziest voice I've ever heard in my life. It's <laughs> insane. And I was just, and as soon as, even though I heard cover band, I was just like, I'm gonna try to steal this dude for my, uh, for my, my, this, this rock material I have. So we kind of went back and forth, you know, doing some, uh, you know, trying to figure out doing, doing some covers. And then the guy, my friend that hooked me up with him kind of, they weren't really vibing. So it, it, it didn't really go anywhere. And as soon as that stuff didn't really happen, I hit him up and I was like, listen, man, uh, I was kind of more interested in, in working with you maybe on some original material than cover stuff. Um, I have some stuff that I worked on from another band. And the thing is, I didn't was I wasn't sure if he'd be into it at all because his material uh, that he writes and plays is a lot softer, you know, and a bit more in the you know just rock world and, and kind of singer songwriter world. Um, and I just didn't know if it would fit, you know, or if, if he would it would be too heavy or whatever. So I sent him this one song, um, and he. He sent, he basically, you know, tracked some stuff and sent it back. And it was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, it, it, it was, it just, it didn't sound like anything, you know, that was out there. It was, it was him coming from his world and how he approached things and me coming from my world and how I approached it. And it was, you know, um, and I think because we come from such different backgrounds, the approaches are, are different and you kind of get something that feels a little more fresh. So we so we had that one song and I was like, all right, I think I want to keep doing. So then we started, you know, basically sending stuff, sending files and stuff back 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 and forth. Cause he lived. Once I went back to Jersey, he lived maybe, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away. So it was kind of a trip to go to go visit him. So I, but I would go down to his house and you know we kind of play acoustic and just hang. So we would just talk and just talk about life and our philosophies on things and kind of bonded on a on a personal level. Um, which I thought was really cool and, and different uh, from previous band experiences, you know. So, yeah, so we kind of worked on things. And, that, and got, at the time, God forbid, was still busy, you know, working on our last record. So I'd basically be, you know, writing songs for that and doing being in the studio. And then, you know, eventually the record came out, we came on tour. So I basically was doing Vegas Nerve stuff in my spare time. Yeah. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a, a full-time thing. Um, and then, you know, I, I ended up, you know, actually before I left Gotham, even while I was still in Gotham, um, at some point we decided, because we had the songs that were in the EP, and I was like, you know, we could just record demos or whatever. We could do this on our own. But I was like, I want to put a band together. You know, because I feel like the material is good, but it's still just me recording stuff on my computer and you recording stuff on your computer and then that's that's not a band you know that's it's music it is a musical recording but it's not what a band sounds like um and so 
basically we found our drummer first because um, he he I was working with him at School of Rock, and I you know I'd, I'd seen him play and he was amazing and you know I was like yeah I'm doing this thing with for a drummer so we actually tried out one other drummer and then we jammed with him and it was just it clicked everyone loved him and then Aiden jammed with uh, with us too. And for, at first he was playing guitar, but I he didn't re I didn't really feel like he was the right guy for guitar. He needed something really specific. So we're like, oh, would you would you mind playing bass? And he's like, no, no, that's cool. And you know, and then so we we had the four of us, and then we actually held auditions for guitar players. So I don't know if you remember, I put some stuff out like this is going back a couple of years ago. You know, put out like a little sampler. Yeah. From our from our, from our demos, and then I got a bunch of people actually hit, hit me back. You know, sending stuff, and then. We we kind of you know whittled it down to like maybe four or five or six guys and held auditions um, and then yeah and then Mike you know Mike came in and it was just it was perfect you know his tone he was just really great with effects um, and ambience that's the thing with with this band is it's very there's a lot of atmosphere yeah uh, and a lot of people just don't especially metal guitar players they just don't get it you know they're they're just full on. A thousand percent, um, and he's you know he he knows how to play improvisationally, um, which is something that's really important. And just going with the flow, and that's when the whole band can do that. And that's something that's kind of not something I thought too much about beforehand. But like the first time the whole band got in a room, it was like, oh, we could play a show tomorrow. <laughs> like that's how how much chemistry there was. So. So we were playing the songs that we, me and Robbie had already written, but once you actually had a band in the room playing it, then you you start hearing different things, and the guy will come up with this little thing, and then you have a real drummer, not a damn drum machine, you know, and he's doing things that affect the songs. And then so by the time it was time to record, it everyone had a, a big hand in, in what the, the final product ended up being, and it wasn't, you know, it you know, we recorded live in a room. You know, we a lot of stuff we ended up not being able to keep, but it was. I love the idea of that of kind of taking these things that you that you write on a computer, you kind of and then you kind of deconstruct it and make it, you know, five people and what they sound like. You know, um, so it's almost like trying to re recreate how it sounds like in the room and not trying to recreate some demo. Yeah. You know, um, and that was and that was a really amazing thing you know just being in a room with all this talent together. and like everyone in the band can do everything but they're all like they all play piano and they all do production and they all are songwriters and you know i'll I I say i'm the least talented guy in my, in my band <laughs> i think it's cool too uh as far as jamming in the room together and 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 i feel like lately like the bands that i listen to you hear you hear more and more bands doing that like whether it's just the initial tracking or the initial ideas that they that they flesh out for the song because the the vibe is different you know and, and you get kind of more of that all you guys playing together so i feel like from a chemistry standpoint for sure if you know that you have that meshing going on that there's got to be some cool stuff when you're recording that's going to come out as opposed to just having a guy you know in one separated area i mean did you feel like where did, you, where did you guys go to the East Coast when you did this, or, or more over there? Because that's where some of the guys are. Like, when you guys put this together, what, how long ago was it that you actually got in, all, got in the room together and, and really did all of it? Um, we started probably jamming 
Um, maybe was it like the, ooh, let me think, 2013, maybe the beginning of 2013, we started jamming. Okay. Um, and then I, but the thing is, it was actually, even when I lived in New Jersey, it was really tough for us to jam because I live, I and my drummer lived in North Jersey, my guitar player lived in Manhattan, and Aiden and Robbie lived in Pennsylvania, like, you know, 45 minutes west of, of, of Philly. So we would actually meet in Philly to jam, and there's like no rehearsal spaces there. It's like a major fucking city, there's no rehearsal spaces, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and so we would basically, it would, it would be like a, a big event to like get it was a, you know because we have to do a sunday and by the time you, you get everyone together you drive down there you load in, you do your jam you know it's a whole it's a whole day yeah you know so it was a big production so we like probably the you know the whole band in one room has probably played together five times you know um but like i said the chemistry was so immediate and the contributions from everyone was so um was just it was just so yeah you know, I'd never probably I've never experienced anything like 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 that um that it, it didn't really matter you know and like I said it just elevated the, the material and, you know, and like I said we those things that would happen in the jam room so I, that was what I wanted to replicate on the recording not vice versa which is like oh like and that it makes you think differently about songwriting it's so you know I think coming from the metal world you have this idea of like you write something and it's like this is the part. And this is what it is, and then you guys fit around my part, you know. But with this, you kind of are saying, oh, no, everything's malleable. Like, that part can be played 20 different ways, you know. It's like, oh, that part, that's a guitar part now. That could be an organ part. Yeah. Or, or this part, or maybe there's, like, this, there doesn't need to be any guitars. It's just bass and drums and vocals. Um, or, yeah, you just, you just start thinking about things differently because you're being musically considerate. You know, you're saying, oh, okay, so, and that, you only, and I only learned that in the room. There are certain parts where I was like, oh, we're, we're stopping on, uh, Robbie's vocal. You know, there's too much volume coming from the guitars. We gotta back, we gotta let, we gotta give him space. You know, and you learn how to create space for your, for your vocalist, because at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important thing. It's more important than, than some guitar fucking, Weedly, weedly, <laughs> you know, thing. Um, you know, and that that was a really in interesting process in kind of what will inform things we do in the future is really like understanding what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, um, but I'm, I'm actually really proud of that. Listen, everything I've done with this band has been the hard way. Like every decision, I was like, oh, we could go left and go right. <laughs> always the hardest way. It's like, oh, well, we're going to record, uh, we're going to do this demo. We're gonna, let's put a band together. That takes months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But let's do auditions. That's like really labor intensive. Then it's like, all right, let's record live. You know, let uh, you know, um, let's you know, instead of like, we only need twenty five hundred bucks to mix the record. The, you know, that we're raising five grand because there's so much expenses. Yeah. That go into it. Um, that's not at the end of the day, it's not a lot of money. We could have raised that on our own. You know, could have got a loan. Could have just saved money ourselves or whatever. Um, it's not a, a tremendous amount of money, so that's not really the reason behind doing it. We just wanted to, the, we wanted the role, the, the thing is, if I would have just announced the band, right? Like, oh, here's this new band, and here's the song. But there's no tour, there's no 
but, you know, there's, there's nothing behind it. But when you do this, it creates a momentum of action. You know, it, it creates, like, an enthusiasm that wouldn't have been there, you know, otherwise. Right. So, and, and, it's a, and trust me, I'm, I'm the easy fit. Like, I had, like, almost, not a meltdown, but I was like, I just had no energy yesterday because I'm, like, trying to do all the Kickstarter stuff and then do my normal stuff. Like, I'm working on articles, and I just moved, so I'm, like, trying to buy shit for the house and <laughs> updates, my, just normal stuff, you know, just life stuff. And you're just like, I don't have time to do everything, yeah. you know? And then, um, you know, but everything is, is, is hard, but it's, you know, I, I feel like it's, I'm not doing it because it's hard, I'm doing it because that's the right way to do it, it's the best way, you know. Um, it's been, I think the, the, probably the biggest downside is just it's made everything very, the process very slow, you know. Um, so, you know, hopefully future things don't take quite as slow as, as this EP is. This is like, you know, the uh, Chinese democracy of EPs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I think what's cool is like, um, you know, listening to it, it's, it's definitely something like for people who haven't heard Ravi's voice and not, and not to take away from, from, from anything else. Cause like, I loved everything about the song, but for people who haven't heard him, I mean, he, He's he's like one of those singers that I feel like you could be like, oh yeah, man. How about um, it, it's like knowing somebody who can do impressions. Like, hey man, how, do that do that Joe Pesci, do that Matthew McConaughey. Like you could you could give him a song, and he could and he could like work it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think what's cool is 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 the combination of his voice and sort of like you mentioned, sort of like that ambient um, direction and sort of sort of that kind of sound and feel. Uh, it, it worked really well, man, but it, 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 listening to him, it was kind of like, um, I remember this band and it, and it never took off. Um, and I remember reading about it like probably seven, eight years ago. And, and then the singer re-released their album of a couple of years back. Um, but Sean Zuzek, um, had this project, uh, Daughters of Mara, which was, yeah, the guitarist who's, who's now with Tremani, Eric. Um, I think the drummer was from, um, Oh gosh, uh, Mars Volta maybe, but I remember the first time I heard Sean's voice, I was like, "Oh my God!" Like, how have people not heard this dude? You know. And then when I heard Ravi, when you you were telling me about this, and I picked up his Philotaxis stuff, his solo stuff, I was like, "This guy can really sing, man!" And it, and it does. It makes you wonder in music sometimes. It's like, how have more people not heard of this guy? So, I think it's gonna be really cool, man. Well, the thing is, there's there's a lot of talent out there, and that's I think one thing the internet has made abundantly clear there's plenty of talented people out there. there's people who have a lot of great ability um what kind of slips through the cracks and becomes popular or whatever you know there's a lot of factors that fall that it's you know how good looking are you how good with marketing are you how good with social media are you what you know sometimes you know some people kind of have a gimmick you know they have a, you know or whatever you know i think with someone like Robbie, he's he's a true artist in that he's mainly dedicated to the creating of his of his work, and he's and he's you know he's really hardworking. You know, he does his albums all for the most part all by himself, writing, recording, um, you know, getting the artwork together, getting the release. You know, just really diligent, uh, diligent guy. You know, and I th and, and to me, it's just you know the guy lives in the middle of Pennsylvania. You know, there's no record execs walking down. You know, he's not. You know, he's not 
doing gigs. He's not really out there, like, out in the world. So it's he's like this hidden gem. Like I think the first anytime I play this for people, the first, here's the first thing they say is, "Who's the singer?" Yeah. Because they assume he's someone famous. Yeah. They assume he's always oh, that guy from that band. Um, because he's too good to just not to be like a quote unquote unknown. Even though you know he has what I think six thousand YouTube subscribers, so he has his following of people because he's that good. You know, you know it's not he doesn't have eight million fucking YouTube subscribers for this, but having six thousand people follow you do anything means you're making some type of in- impact. Um, so to me, the way I look at it, you know, a big part of this band is it, it's like you said, getting him exposure because I think. You know, one, if this band takes off, then he'll have a career all on his own um, as a solo artist, and, and a lot of doors will open for him. Um, and I really, because I want people to hear this guy. I want I want him to get exposure. He needs to, you know, I, I think he has the vocal ability and the lyrical ability of, you know, Chris Cornell or, you know, um, what's his name from, uh, Stain, you know, Aaron Lewis, um, I think he's one of those guys, you know, who's, as a lyricist and someone who really, you know, has something to say that means something to him, um, and there's not that many of those people, especially out here in L.A., you know, there's not that many people actually are connected to why they're doing, why they're creating art, and, um, you know, because it's mostly commerce, you know, it's, it's industry. You know, um, and, no, and nothing about this band is, is industry. And it doesn't mean we don't want to sell records or we don't want people to support, you know, our um, Kickstarter and stuff. It's just that the more people that support it, the more people listen to it, the more we can do. Right. Uh, because, we're, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think you create something, you're proud of it, you want more eyes and ears on it as, as, as possible. Um, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. And I haven't, you know, I've, I've you know, you... Anyone who keeps up with, up with me, well, I don't know how many people keep up with me, maybe it's eight people, but <laughs> uh, whatever it's like, I've been doing a lot of stuff, playing with a lot of different people, doing this, doing that, but this is the first thing I've released that I've written since I left God forbid, you know, like I'm, you know, playing with the Maytal band, but I didn't write that stuff, you know, I, I did one guitar solo on the record, you know, I like it, you know, I, I really like playing, like, you know, it's right up my alley, but it's not, I just, you know, I don't own, I don't have ownership over it, but it's something I have ownership over. So I don't, don't really want people to hear, you know. Yeah, and I want to I want to touch on that. Uh, you know, before I let you go here, Sue, man. Thanks again for taking some time today, man. Especially with everything you got going on, I really appreciate it. But as far as like the um, the vision for this, you know, you mentioned like the ambient sounding stuff, uh, which obviously you can hear in the chorus, but there's still that that rift, there's still that heaviness. Was that stuff that was just coming out of you at the time when you were writing it, and then it just sort of morphed into what it is now as you got with the guys and started playing? Well, when I when I wrote, wrote most of this stuff, it was probably one of the darkest times in my life. Um, it was like God forbid it come off. This was around like 2009, 2010. God forbid it come off Mayhem Festival. Um, I was like, deal, you know, the, you know, the, the gravity of my brother leaving the band really hit me. My girlfriend broke up with me. And I, for the first time, I was really questioning whether I wanted to do God forbid anymore. For the first time ever. You know, like, I, before that, I, that's all I cared about was God forbid. That was my life. Um, and yeah, in some, in some material, it literally just spewed out. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't much of a thought process. I didn't sit down and say, 
I want to be in a band like this. I want to make music like this. It just things start like this. Uh, there's one song called "Pull Me Out," which is the first uh, song that it's not out yet, but um, uh, it's the first song that I told you that me and Robbie did together. Yeah. I found like it's on my the recording is on my phone of like when I wrote it on a on acoustic, and it's literally exactly the same. Like as the, the finished product, like I wrote it all in one thing. Wow! You know, and it never there's an in, there's an outro on it that Robbie wrote, but other than that, the song is, is basically the same. Um, and like like the chorus, for example, to "Do You Know Who I Am," like I remember, I was like in this crazy de- like depressed state, which I'd never been in my life before this, and like you know de- dealing shit with my girlfriend, and I was like trying to get a hold of her, and she like called me, and it was like when I was was it pretty bad, and that uplifted me enough where I literally just grabbed the guitar and that thing just came out. You know? Like, and that's, I feel like that doesn't really happen to me much any, a, anymore. Um, you know, and I've been, but it was, but it wasn't the sadness that made me create. It actually was the hat, like, I'm the type of guy, like, if I'm bummed out, I don't really want to write. Yeah. You know, I'm, I thrive off enthusiasm, you know? Um, and it just came out, you know? Um, and but kind of developing that material this is way before rob was involved or this is when i was still working on you know i kind of had a, a vision of what I, what I wanted it to be um i was just yeah i was I, you know i wanted something that just sounded grand you know um i you know i i feel you know I'm, as far as like newer bands you know i like the i really love you know bands like muse or band like Event Sevenfold, where you feel like they could do anything. Yeah. You know, there's 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 nothing really off limits. Um, but I wanted to be in a band like that. I think with as much as I love God forbid, um, there were barriers. You know, where if you did certain things, it pretty much isn't that band anymore. Yeah. And there were there were restrictions, and I think most metal is like that. Like if you do certain things, and it's no longer in the realm and people, if you built your audience doing something very straightforward, you know, by going too far off the ledge, you, you basically are not honoring the people who kind of built the band, you know, and I, I get that. Um, but I, I like the construct of rock music because there, you can kind of do anything. You know, it's like, you know, like my favorite, probably my favorite rock album of all time is, uh, you know, Abbey Road by the Beatles and he literally broke every rule that existed you know he did it <laughs> it's just a crazy fucking record there's just every song is different there's the whole prog and where there's you know 13 songs on mix like just shit like that that you're like oh there, there aren't any rules you think <laughs> there are rules but there aren't any rules um and I and I like that idea of being able to just do whatever you want you know um and I think there's a little that is is lost in in heavy music and in, in rock music. You know, like you know, where's the new system of it down? The band of Corrupters just sounds fucking weird. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, there's not there's not enough weird music, you know, in, in in rock. Everyone's trying to get on, you know, active rock. You know, everyone or you know, you know, you, get, you have these kind of like more boy band, like, warp tour scene bands, which, you know, I'm friends with a lot of these people, I'm not, you know, I like some of these bands, but, you know, there's some really cool stuff, you know, um, but, you know, I want to be part of 
something that's changing the conversation, doing something a little different, you know. Not that I'm sure people hear the song like, dude, just a fucking rock song. You didn't change the world, <laughs> you know. But I like the idea that I could do anything or get out, go out there, you know. Yeah, and and um, I think it's I think it's cool that you mentioned that too because the guy that that you guys are going to be mixing this with right is is um, I hope I say his last name right Forrester Savell. Mm-hmm. And I think he, probably if you were talking to you like Forrester Sa- Savell, <laughs> yeah, that's how he, he he would say it. But um, we're American, so that's what we say. <laughs> and he's done stuff with uh, I mean, some of the bands that that you're mentioning, like um, you know that that don't have those boundaries, like. I remember the first time I heard Carnival back like early on in college, and I was like, I mean, yeah, they had some elements that definitely. I mean, I'm sure people would say maybe reminiscent of some Tool or whatever, but like he's yeah. done stuff with like Carnival, Dead Letter Circus, um, which are bands. I don't know if it's just because they're international or like you said, they don't really have those boundaries. They they don't really get picked up on mainstream radio at all in America, but really talented bands that that have kind of creatively expanded some boundaries and stuff in their own right, but. um that I mean, how did you guys settle him on uh, as like somebody that you wanted to like mix this and everything? Just because of that, because he's a guy that worked with bands like that. Well, that um, Carnival Sound Awake is probably one of my favorite records. It'll come out in the past ten years, um, and the the production on it is just mind blowing. I mean, if I mean if we had had if we had had him do the whole record, like recorded and produced it, you know, it would sound probably you know five times better than he, you know, he wanted, like, he really, you know, shines, shines some shit, you know, like, we had some, uh, <laughs> some rough goings getting, getting these, these tracks together, um, but, uh, yeah, that record was just, you know, I was like, who's that guy? I gotta, you know, I gotta find out, you know, who, who, who did that record, so I, you know, I, I put together a list of maybe 10 or 12 different producers, and I reached out to all of them, you know, like, super big time people, and, some smaller people and kind of just like, all right, well, how much do you charge to mix a record? You know, and, you know, I got a variety of answers and some people offered to do test mixes, you know, um, you know, but I wanted, my main thing was I wanted a rock producer. I didn't want a metal guy and I want someone to metal up the sound. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, I think he's pretty much, it sounds like a rock song. It doesn't, you know, from a production standpoint, it doesn't, you know, that's something that's really important to me. Um, and I want it to be organic and I want it to be, feel alive. And, you know, I like, are there recordings that sound that quote unquote better? Yes. You know, um, but I kind of, I like, you know, it's like your, your, your first EP and it's like, it's a little rough around the edges and it's, you know, it's kind of got that very human, human quality to it. But yeah, I think he's, he's amazing. If you would have, you know, there was a couple other test mixes, and you can, like, that's the beautiful thing about text, test mixes, you can hear them side by side, you can hear different choices people people made, you know, because they're doing this basically with no notes from us, you know, you're right. just kind of, you're getting a feel for their instincts as a, as a producer, because especially now with mixing, you can creatively affect the way the song sounds. Like, this dude did some cool, crazy, like, you do, like, an octave, effect on the guitars on the last riff you know shit like that and like things you know uh things he did with uh some deep reverbs and stuff in the uh in the verses to make them a little more distant you know just just really interesting choices and i, and, and I love that what he did with the bass guitar made it really prominent and 
ballsy. You know, we had we almost thought we were gonna have to scrap the the, the, the bass guitar tracks from the original sessions. You know, that's how kind of rough the tracks were. You know, um, from 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 different spots. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool because now like a few people like hit me up. Oh, you, you you have a mixer? I'm like, yeah, that's why we're that's why we're raising money. You know, he, he, he got the guy and. You know, he's the guy we want, and I think those bands that, you know, the um, Carnival and Butterfly Effect, it's in the, you know, if we fit in anywhere, it's probably within that genre, I guess, of kind of like, we're not quite as progressive as those bands, um, but um, just at, you know, from a general feel standpoint, I think that we're probably more in that camp than probably any other, I think. Did you mix up uh, tunings with your guitar for for the EP, or did you did you try to stay into like one one tuning? Um, a lot of the stuff was in like you know with this project is usually like E flat, or we'll drop that down to C, you know, drop C sharp. Uh, Do you know who I am? It's actually drop C though. Okay. Uh, because it was a little too high. Is that uh, C G C F A D when you're in drop C? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we dropped that down uh, for Robbie, for his what well, because you know the top, you know, some of the notes in the chorus get pretty high, and it was just a little, it was a kind of a reach for him to do it in C sharp. So you know we brought it down, and I, and I think that's primarily you know at the end of the day you're, I, like I said, I don't understand these bands who who are not, they just write their shit and they're like all right sing on it, they don't even <laughs> consider it. You got like it's like no like. That dude is the most important element, you know, and, and especially if you have a great singer, so you want to put that singer in a position to succeed. You know, you don't want to put them in a position where they're singing out of their range and they're, they're you know, they're struggling or, or, or it doesn't, you know, present them well. You know, and that, that's the thing with, you know, especially with Robbie, has such a, a great timbre, you know, so when you, you back off and he can be, he can kind of sing quietly it's just like, dude, I mean, it's amazing. So it's like, you, you, you want to do that. You got to just, you know, it's not all about you, you know. Um, it's about just just great songs, you know. I don't, I, you know, trying to create great songs, you know, and not, you know, like this song doesn't even have a guitar solo. Well, it has a little lead in the, in the acoustic break, and that's that's actually Mike doing that. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have a guitar solo. He didn't, doesn't need one, you know. So did you get did you get goosebumps when you guys were like working together? I mean, are, are there any songs off of the EP now? Um, which I know sometimes people are weird about talking. Like, yeah, man, my stuff really it really it really makes me proud, man. But I, you know, but I mean, you and I have talked before, so I know I know I can ask you that kind of stuff. But like, um, I mean, where are there any songs off the EP that like when you listen to it now, you're still like, wow, like I'm really I'm really happy about how that one turned out, or I, that part just gives me like the chills. I mean, really, the, the the whole thing, you know. I mean, there's there's like you said that like that one song is like an outro that Robbie wrote, and it's great because it's like I had nothing to do with it. You know, he basically added it at the end of a song that I had already written, and it's like to me, it's the best part of the song. You know, and I don't know if it's the best part of the song, but to me, it is. So I'm like, that's so amazing. I had nothing to do with it, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's there's another song. Um, it's kind of, kind of like the, the, the lightest song on the on the record, and there's this outro. Um, it's just, and it's pretty much just Robbie, 
singing, you know, and, and, and harmonizing like this outro and you're just like, I don't know, I get, I get emotional when I hear it. It's like, it's like it, you know, and that's, that particular song, um, it's crazy. If you would have heard the first versions of the song, it was like a, it was like a metal song. And then I, when I presented it to Ravi, I, I rewrote it. And then what he perceived was the chorus was actually the verse and vice versa. So he wrote a chorus where the verse was and a verse where the chorus was. So we had to completely restructure the song. So the song had this crazy structure. You're like, and it all it all works. It all makes sense. But you're but it it definitely has some left turns in there. And you're like, all right, this is kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, and I love that. It's like it's like a happy accident. You know. And you're a lot, a lot of times when it comes to song arranging, it's you're trying to put a puzzle together, you know, because you may have parts that work, but you're trying to get from, you're like, develop, it's like developing a narrative. You yeah. Know, you can't have plot holes, you know? Yeah. It has to be continuous, it has to make sense, it has to be transitions and segues and things that take you from one piece to the other in a way that's, that's smooth. Um, and that, and that makes sense. And, and like I said, it's dynamic. And that's something, you know, that's just built into my DNA is, is trying to write dynamic. But also, I appreciate dynamic bands. Like, I like seeing Darkest Hour yesterday. One thing people don't talk about that band is how dynamic they are, how they, they bring it down and they get, you know, it gets a little spacey. And then when it, you know, when it kicks back in, it's super powerful, you know, and not too many of those the bands from that kind of new wave American heavy metal have that quality. You know, I think it's one of the reasons why they've, they have had some, uh, staying power is just having this element of emotion, emotionality, you know, uh, with the, with the music. And it's not just, it's, it's not just one note. And I mean, note emotionally, you know, in the, yeah. in, in the music, it's not just anger or power. It's no, no, it's, this is kind of a sad part. And this is, there's something going on here, you know, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm really excited to hear the rest of it, and uh, the artwork turned out awesome too. For people who don't know, uh, Gustavo, who did uh, Earth's Blood and Equilibrium, which I, I I really enjoyed the artwork on Equilibrium too. Um, that it turned out really sweet, man, for the EP. And he's he's one of those guys. I I think you told me that where he'll like you give him the music and he listens to it, and then he just basically does his thing after he after he checks it out. Yeah, he was. You know, he was really into this guy because I sent him the, uh, I sent him everything. You know, I sent him the whole EP, like the unmixed version, and he he loved it. And he was like, he was like, I love this new band. Like, I'm re- really excited. And to me, I think I like this probably than anything else he's ever even done for God forbid from an artwork standpoint. Like, I think it's really iconic in some in some ways. Um, you know, the kind of complex simplicity and, and symmetry to everything um which i, I just I, I i love it i think it, and it to me it's like almost like when we got the artwork back and the logos it's like that's when the band became a real band yeah because you're able to attach something visually that you feel actually represents what the band sounds like and it, it ties together um and that's something else and, and that's you know i like, I didn't just go to Gustavo because, like, oh, I worked with him before. <laughs> and I, I want what he did when I was a man. I just, for this type of band, I felt like he actually 
would you know create something that that made sense about his style would actually benefit what 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 we were doing. I was I think I was you know not to pat myself on the back, I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> I, was, you know, I think I was really right about that. And you know, all first all the artwork you see is is stuff that um he created. So and he's great. He's like he's so fucking quick with stuff and you know just anything we need you know he he, he looks up and he's, he's very you know reasonable with his pricing he's very uh helpful to to us uh struggling artists out there um but yeah it's it's, it, it's amazing i can't wait till i get like a cd and you know maybe one day if this thing you know becomes popular we can actually press like you know seven inches or something um because it would be great to have it even on a bigger you know, a, a bigger unit. We didn't, we didn't do vinyl because we didn't know how, I didn't think we would sell a lot because it's a brand new band. Like if, if we were already established, I probably would have vinyl, but it, apparently it's really difficult to get vinyl printed because um, there's only a few factories that do it and, if, and bigger acts that are getting it will bump your project, so it takes a really long time. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we decided not to do that, but maybe down down the road if, if, it, if there's an audience for it, we'll see. That's the thing with also with labels in general. Um, we purposely did not shop this to record labels. I don't want to. I basically didn't want to send it to anyone until it was done. Yeah. You know, I want to say I don't want to send. I don't want to send a record label unmixed version. I don't want to send them a demo. I want to send them a completed product. Like this is what the band sounds like. And I, you know, I've said this once, and I'll say that another. I'm gonna keep saying it. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's been a several year process to kind of make that first impression. Um, so, so yeah, so who knows, maybe, the, you know, I'm sure there might be some interest from some labels. It'll be, you know, cause it's kind of up in the air how much touring or, or live performance this band will do. We're, we're very much taking a one step at a time and looking at opportunities and things that make sense because we're not, um, trying to put ourselves in a position where guys are being bankrupted just to, just to get on the road, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, we're, we're trying to be very smart with things and also respect that people do have day-to-day lives and they have to, you know, some guys that are in other bands, you know, um, our guitar players in this band, rock band Mother, who's really awesome. I was actually, I was actually managing them for a little bit um, and they, they're very busy doing gigs and working on a new record and my drummer, Mo is, is playing with the band, uh, Harko band Shai Halud right now. He's been touring with them. So, you know, everyone is, you know, really involved in doing their own thing. So it's it's about doing things that make sense. So, it, you know, I, I would definitely be open to having some labels get involved and maybe kind of help with the financial burden. And really, most importantly for me, is just getting more exposure. But it also has to make sense um, from a deal you know, uh, perspective, you know, and, and, you know, so that we kind of retain our artistic control and things like that. It's, we're not in a position where we just, we need to be on the label so we can, you know, get the big thing. But, it, but it, listen, if something big comes to us and someone wants to really get on board and take this band to the next level, we're definitely open to hear it. But it, they have to kind of be aligned with the philosophy of the band and let us do, do what we're going to do artistically. Well, Doc, I'm super excited, man, and it's always good to talk to you. You're always really gracious with your time. Uh, before I let you go, um, 
just want to let people know that this thing goes until November 25th, which is that day before Thanksgiving? That's the last day for this, the Kickstarter, I think? I think so, yeah. I wanted to, I was like, I can't have it. can't have it. Oh, we got 17 days left. So far, you're at what? 2,300 pledged, 17 days to go. It's actually 2340 because I have uh, a friend of mine that sent me $40, but he sent it to PayPal because he couldn't, uh, he couldn't do it. So I was like, that, that in the back pocket. It's 23 so it's right around just under 50%, or like 48%. Um, and, you know, it, listen, I knew there's going to be good days, there's going to be low days. Um, you know, so it's it's trucking along, but we're definitely, as far as I'm concerned, we're, we're behind the ball. I want to be like crushing it, you know, it, if it, you know, hopefully. I get the feeling it's going to come down to the wire, um, you know. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But luckily, we have you know we have some cool things coming up. Like um, Ravi is going to release a, an acoustic version of the song through his YouTube. Um, our drummer Mo's going to do like a playthrough video. I'm going to go with on GearGods um, .net and do like a guitar video for them. Uh, they're playing it on the Metal Sucks podcast. This week, um, you know, some radio stations are adding it. We're hoping that, um, you know, that Sirius will start will start playing the song. Wait, waiting to kind of hear back what, uh, you know, through Jose Mangan if that if that's going to happen. So we have we have a lot of things uh, coming up as far as promotional stuff, and you know, I'm sure there'll be more endorsements from different guys and bigger bands and all that stuff. It all it all it all helps, you know. Um, and like I said, I'm, my main thing is I'm going to be dealing directs contact with people on my social media and kind of being that, I'm going to be that salesman, you know, I'm like, listen, listen, you know me, you know me, all right, I need some help, god damn it. <laughs> reach out, yeah, reach out, you you, you got to get like a, like a video with Samuel, be like, you, you, you need to donate. <laughs> right. Right. Dig deep. And then you, you personally coming up too, you've got uh, some touring with uh, Maytal Cohen coming up, right? Are you going to be yeah. part of that? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, with the, the Maytal band, uh, we are direct support for Queensryche, January 7th to February 5th. It was great. I haven't toured it in a while. And, um, yeah, that, the, the Maytal record, out to me, is, is really good. Uh, you know, for those who haven't haven't heard it, um, it's kind of, you know, got a Tool vibe. You know, sometimes it gets kind of, you know, like, like periphery kind of vibe too. It's got it's got a little little bit of that stuff, but it's it's really catchy and um, but there's really cool, I think, uh, musician musiciany stuff on there. There's like some really cool playing and um, you know it's a it's a really fun project to be a part of. You know, and it's it's so different. You know, because of you know her backstory and kind of the the attention uh, she gets, and and it's it's such a different world. So I'm I don't know I, I'm all about doing different things, you know, with, with talented people, um, and just looking, you know, it's, it's, it's just an opportunity, you know, just, just like anything else to kind of get out there and play with, uh, younger people, you know, it's like, I go from God forbid being the youngest guy, now all my bands, I'm the oldest guy in the band, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so it's, it's being the, being the uh, you know, the, I'm like the coach, you know, all right, guys, take a knee, <laughs> right, you, Need to tune your guitar, your fucking attitude. You, you're not moving on stage, you motherfucker. <laughs> Act like you want to be here. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, uh, you know, tell them motherfuckers how it is. So, Coach Coyle. 
Coach Cool. That's right, Coach Cool. That's right. My, my grandfather was a coach. I think I, I got it got it from him. You know. Um, so yeah, so that should be really fun. Um, be able to get out and see some people I haven't seen in a long time. That's a that's the thing about touring. You know, you meet so many people around the country and around the world, really. And then you you know they're your people. And you when you're touring a lot, you see them pretty regularly. And then you get off the road for a while, you don't see people. So it's you know it's always a good opportunity for me to like hit people up and you know tell them to come out and you know I'm. I, I love I love the road, you know. It's it's I, it's it's something I I know, you know. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting back. Well, man, it sounds like the the moons and the stars are aligning for you, man. I mean, even even your boy Chris Stapps Porzingis is dunking all over people after everybody booed the hell out of him at the draft. So maybe maybe this is just the year, man. Maybe this is where it just crystallizes and Mercury's in retrograde or whatever, and people are gonna be smiling down on Doc Coyle and and Vegas nerve, man. So I'm I'm we'll I'm, I'm keeping well, the, the good Knicks vibes lost up. Three in a row, so I don't, you know, the, in spite of the dunks, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still they're they're still finding themselves, they're still finding their way. Let's say that, but uh, yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's uh definitely going to be a good start to the year. Um, there's a lot of promising things going on, but right now I'm like, I can't even think too far ahead because I'm just trying to fund fund this EP. It's like once we hit that goal, I'm gonna. Then, like, people are like, congratulations on the new band. I'm like, congratulate me when, when we raise this money. Right now, I'm, you know, it's like, like, some days I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Some days I'm like, God damn it, we're not gonna make it. <laughs> positive thoughts, man. Mental alchemy. That's what it's all about. Yeah. No, no, it's, 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 it's positive thoughts, but it's just kind of one of those things. I'm definitely motivated by my, uh, uh, anxiety. <laughs> Let's say. Well, thanks again, Doc. I appreciate it, man. At Doc Coyle on Twitter. Uh, just for people out there, I'll put, I'll put the links up too on the show. Um, but just go to, go to Google or Bing or whatever. Just type in Vegas Nerve Kickstarter, V-A-G-U-S. Not, not, not like Vegas, like Vegas. I'm going to get schnockered Vegas, but Vegas like Vegas Nerve. And, uh, yeah, man. Thanks again for your time, dude. And, uh, I will, uh, I'll be talking to you soon, man. I'm excited. Right on. Thank you so much, brother. And uh, I will definitely repost this stuff when it, uh, when you post it. Alrighty, righty There you have it. That was Mr. Doc Coyle of Vegas Nerve. You can also check out his writing on VH1. Just search Doc Coyle for his blogs on there. Really great writer. Also, DocCoyle.net is where you can check out his other stuff. Really talented guy, really nice guy. Doc, thanks again so much, man, for taking some time out of your day. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and I, I can't wait to see where this project goes. And you guys, if if you don't know, I'm going to give you the dates right now, okay? The Kickstarter goes through Wednesday, November 25th. By the time you will hear this, there will be 16 days left to go. Presently, there's a little over $2,300 that they've raised towards their $5,000 pledge. There's all kinds of cool prizes that you get excuse me, from the Kickstarter project when you donate. Uh, Gustavo, as we mentioned, uh, is is the artist who has done work for, for numerous people over the years. He's done stuff with God Forbid. The artwork's incredible. Uh, the stuff that's on the hoodies and the tees is awesome. It, you know, the, the music is great. Just all around, it's just a really positive project. And the guys in this band are all really talented. Doc, Ravi, Mike, Aiden, I, I mean, Mo, all these guys are just are, are just phenomenal musicians, and it, it's it's cool to be part of, you know, trying to help them hopefully unearth this onto the world. And so I, I really hope you guys go check it out and support it. You know, whether you use Google, Bing, whatever, 
Just go there, type in Vegas Nerve Kickstarter, and that's Vegas, V-A-G-U-S, and then Nerve, like my nerves are shot or whatever. Hopefully they're not shot, Um, but not Vegas like, you know, partying in Vegas. V-A-G-U-S, Nerve. Go to Kickstarter, check out the project. Please donate and support this, man. It's it's just it's it's really cool to see a group of guys like this come together. And it's really rare when you think about it for a group of guys who come from different parts of the country to have the type of chemistry that they do and the type of rapport that they do, like Doc was talking about, and really just trying to create stuff that they really love and enjoy playing is pretty pretty incredible. And and when you hear the music, I mean, in my opinion, for for a band like Doc said that hasn't really played together more than like five times it's just it's pretty awesome when you when you actually hear what these guys have put together and having spoken to to doc and ravi i mean obviously very down to earth kind cordial people who who happen to be immensely talented when it comes to music um obviously i haven't met the other guys in the band but but you know if they're associated with ravi and doc they're good in my book because i know those guys are are just awesome dudes so it feels, uh, it feels, you know, I feel lucky to be able to to, to talk to Doc and, and and try to shed some light on some of the stuff that he's doing in my little corner of the world on my podcast. So, thanks again, Doc. I really appreciate it. You guys can go follow him on Twitter at Doc Coyle. And again, if you want to check out the Kickstarter and support it, I encourage you to please go support this puppy so they can fund this and get to their $5,000 pledge so they can get this puppy mixed and mastered and sounding lovely for your eardrums. Go to Kickstarter, type in Vegas Nerve, or go to Google, type in Vegas Nerve Kickstarter, V-A-G-U-S, Vegas Nerve, and support this man. Lots of cool stuff out there, a chance to get a physical copy, and you're really going to want it because the artwork really is incredible. I'm not just saying that. Gustavo's incredibly talented. If you look up, God forbids, either Equilibrium or Earth's Blood, I mean, the artwork on that stuff is awesome, and it turned out awesome for Vegas Nerve, so... Just really exciting stuff, and, and 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 it's you know like I said, not only are you going to be supporting great music, but a, a great group of dudes who, uh, who are who are just really good guys, really good guys. So I'm excited about it, and I really hope that come Thanksgiving, this puppy is funded, and I hope you guys go check it out and support it, uh, listen to it, support it, hit Doc up on Twitter. He's really good about getting back to people. Uh, it, it it really is. It, it's just cool to be part of something that's really positive. So on my end, I'm really excited about it, and I really hope you guys go donate. Uh, again, it's going to end on November 25th at 4:40 a.m. Central Time, if my eyes are serving me right here. And uh, you know, this is this is the funding that they are doing because they want to make this thing sound great and they want to be able to make physical copies and do t-shirts and and make it a whole package and and like i said the artwork's incredible the music's incredible and the people are are really awesome down-to-earth people so go check it out vegas nerve on facebook as well it's just facebook.com forward slash vegas nerve band go to youtube type in vegas nerve you'll get links to other stuff it's just uh, all positive all the way around. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening and staying on board with the show, especially in a transitionary period. As far as the podcast going forward, my goal is to continue to give you guys shows every single weekend. Um, I want to get back to doing it on a consistent day. I know people, there's there's so many podcasts out there, and we all of us are like moving in a million directions all the time in our lives and multitasking all the time. So um, I want to get back to doing it on a consistent day. Uh, tentatively right now it's going to be on the weekend. I can't say whether or not it'll be Saturday or Sunday yet, but with the way my new schedule is and my new job and everything, uh, and, and just the fact that I'm trying to get settled down here still in Nashville and uh, learn the city, learn my job, everything, um, I'm going to be pulling out some cool episodes um, from the archives in the interim 
while I'm getting acclimated to uh, my new life down here. But lots of positive things, not only for me personally, but for Doc as well. And again, Maytal Cohen is going on tour with Queensryche. They're going to be direct support to them in the new year, which is awesome. Doc is going to be part of that. So lots of positive stuff happening. So again, thank you to all you who are staying on board the show. I will continue to give you guys stuff every single week, whether it's cool stuff from the archives or new shows. Uh, As I continue to get myself acclimated, just know that there will be content coming and it's going to be on a consistent basis. And once I get settled and I I land and I get into a groove, I will absolutely tell you guys uh, exactly every week when everything's going to be going on. So you're not like, oh, when's what's going on? Is that bombing podcast, dude? Is he going to do a show this week or whatever? I don't want you guys to be having those types of questions. I want to know that you can come there and check out some cool stuff like Vegas Nerve. So go support Vegas Nerve. Go support music that you love, whether it's uh, independent or not independent. Just go to shows, keep things going. You know, I was disappointed uh, to hear basically right as I was moving down to Nashville that a, a, a concert company back home in Toledo, where I'm from, is closing their doors. You know, um, it's just a shame because there's so much talent in the Toledo area and uh, Innovation Concerts was was really um, just an avenue for a lot of great local bands to go play some really cool venues back home. And and I'm not just saying it because I'm from Toledo. Toledo has a very rich music history. There's going to be a podcast about that coming up uh, with a really good guy that I met just before I came down to Nashville um, who who was part of the garage rock scene back in the day that came out of Detroit with Jack White and the White Stripes and all of those bands. And they're getting ready to actually make a documentary about that Detroit uh, garage rock scene that's obviously since exploded thanks to the likes of the White Stripes and a lot of other bands that came out of that scene. And a lot of those bands over the years played in Toledo and have really good connections to Toledo. So I don't just pump it up because it's my hometown and it'll always be my hometown and I'll always have love for it. But there really is a lot of really cool music history and uh, definitely going to have something in the future detailing some of that because I think it'll be a really fun podcast for you guys to hear. And on that note, I'm going to shut my big yapper, wrap it up here. Uh, go enjoy the rest of my night. I hope you guys do the same. Be safe out there. Again, you can check out the podcast on the Podbean app, whether you have an iPhone or an Android phone, just download the Podbean app and you can sync up my show that way. It's also available on iTunes for free. You can download the show on iTunes. If you subscribe, please rate it uh, so you know we can help get some more exposure on the projects that are going on like Vegas Nerve. There's a lot of independent artists that I like to showcase on this podcast because there's a lot of really good talent out there that you don't normally hear and it's cool to be able to try to be a part of that. So if you do subscribe, it'd be cool if you rated it. Uh, just so it can get up a little bit higher in the rankings and more people can check out cool stuff like Vegas Nerve. So thank you again for your support. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. If you're a band or an artist out there, please get in touch with me. I know there's a lot of you who followed me already. I do my best with all the stuff that I juggle every week to try to stay up to date and uh, check out new music and try to follow people back. Um, So if you're out there, you know, give me a shout, man. I'd love to have you on the show. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And on that note, the moment you've all been waiting for, Doc was kind enough to send me the song that Vegas Nerve has released off the upcoming EP to give to you guys on this show because he's as jazzed about it as I am to showcase it with you. So keep the faith and be kind to one another. Here is Do You Know Who I Am from Vegas Nerve. Peace. I struggle through this It's such a pretty waste of my time